The Hard Shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. All right, welcome back to the hard shoulder. And as always, we round off the week by inviting three characters in to talk to us about the week's events uh, here on the hard shoulder. Uh, it's called The Final Furlong, and it's a great pleasure to welcome back Bill Hughes, producer at Mind the Gap Films, Mary O'Rourke, an institution in her own right, former Fianna Fáil minister, and a newbie. Uh, it's a pleasure to welcome from Kildare, but in London mostly, Peter Flanagan. Um, you, you're most welcome, Peter. You, you, you're playing in the Laughter Lounge the next few nights, are you? That's correct, Ivan, yeah. Is that a paying gig? Is it something I should consider? Or not? I think you should get involved, yeah. I right. think you'd be a great host, right. actually. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty dry, you know what I mean? <laughs> and very assertive. Uh, Mary, you, last time you were in, you were telling us about uh, you were bringing this gaggle of women. I don't know what, what no, is no, the you, plural you, for. You call them a gaggle of women. Okay, but I, there were Fianna Fallers uh, yeah, uh, that were standing who, for election and you were going to mentor them. Yeah, I did, and we had a marvellous afternoon. There were positivity hopping off the chairs. And they're, they're, <laughs> they get to the count. Yeah. yeah, I know, but anyway, we're there out to get seats right. for Fianna Fall. Between it's all now about and the 24th Between of May. Between now and the 24th of May. Okay, okay, from all over the country. From all over the country, well. and they came. I mean, there were so many amazing that they were so keen. I had forgotten that kind of sense of mad keenness. Yeah, but there's a little in. bit of adrenaline in there. It's oh, anxiety as yeah. well. It, you know I what I mean? You is, know yourself. But they were mad to get going, All absolutely. Right. So, right. well, good right. for them. Yes, and they're propping up Fine Gael, so it should go perfectly. Uh, <laughs> we'll have more of that. Yeah. Bill, uh, what is my tribe? My Tribe is a series, Morev, My Tribe. It's a bilingual series running on RT1 television on Monday nights at half seven. And it's all about people who live in the style of the music they follow. So people who still live as punks, as mods, as rockers. So even though it could be 20 years ago, the genre of music was... 60 years ago, 50 years ago, but they still live... So they're a complete crowd of saddles that have no more dimension to their lives other than music. you watch the programme and it'll enrich your life because Mm. we have met some of the most fabulous characters who are living a very colourful life, a coexistence with the rest of us, because they regard us as... Well, we're just the nondescripts. I know. Mm. We're I know. the nondescripts. That's do, an actual I do worry about the type of people oh, you're hanging wonderful. out with. And we have cutting edge, of okay, course, let's, as well. Let's, so. let's get, <laughs> yes, indeed. On Wednesdays, we're Brendan O'Connor. Now, let's get to our first topic. And this is sort of in honour of you, Peter, because um, we just wanted to test the temperature on Anglo-Irish relations in terms of ordinary Irish people and I suppose ordinary English people because the Scots aren't that keen on Brexit and the Welsh, well I'm half Welsh myself, I mean uh, what's it like over there? Is there a tension uh, that wasn't there? Because you know we had all the good stuff of uh, the Queen coming over here and toasting it and a bit of Irish and uh, Prince Charles has been over here and, and of course Michael D has been over in London and Birmingham and Manchester and there's no part of the UK hasn't been to so what's it like? I think we're t- possibly taking a step backwards which is a shame when you consider the Irish experience in the 1970s in the UK when people had genuine there was genuine the anti-Irish sentiment yeah. uh, I think that's mostly gone I think as a stand-up when I'm going out and performing People are kind of, they've become accustomed to almost laugh at the Irish accent. You know, we've had light entertainers 
uh, in the UK performing for the last few decade, decades, kind of rebranding the Irish image. And it'd be a shame for us to take a step backwards, I think. And But is, is the, does the paddy whackery jokes, the plastic paddy jokes still go down or not? Well, or is there no stereotypical Irish If you're there? prepared to do a paddy whackery joke, it's going to go down a storm. But if you do jokes about Brexit in a Brexit voting right. location, you're going to get folded arms. And oh, they're going right. to think, who's this oh, paddy yeah, yeah, yeah. talking yeah, yeah. to me about Brexit? Okay. Yeah. They don't okay. like a, hate, a high status Irish okay. person. Well, I, I'm I'm a bit of a West Brit, really, because I like uh, Man City and I like uh, lots of things. Well, mm. I mean, like you're you're brought up in the tradition of uh, nationalism, republicanism. Um, well, what's your take on Anglo-Irish relations and ordinary English people? I think that they, you see, I don't think ordinary English people understand what's going on themselves. Exactly. So they're kind of lost in a fog. Uh, Peter and I were talking just for a few minutes outside. I know we shouldn't before we come into a programme. But I wonder, do they understand Theresa May? I mean, do you understand her, what you read about her or see about her? Well, no, no, she's a tenacious woman. Well, I mean, she she may have got her red lines wrong, but she's she's doing her best. Surely. But she's doing she, her she best. She just wants to get the withdrawal agreement through and shuffle off the stage and say her place in history. The Commons and they wallop her. Yeah, from both sides. Yeah, from all sides and in the background that dreadful Rees Mogg. Do you not with like him? Pinstripe suits. I don't like the glasses. No, he looks I like don't Harry like. Potter. And the way he's very supercilious, he yes. kind of looks down at you. Yes. And then I picked up in some magazine which I thought was sweet. When she finishes with all that kind of all that punishment every day, she goes upstairs to her apartment and Philip makes beans on toast for her. Beans on toast. Philip is her faithful husband. Yes, yes. Plodding behind her going yes. into church every Sunday. Yes, she is a bit of the school ma'am. She not, is. not unlike yourself. No, I know, I know, but I don't have beans on toast <laughs> any evening and I am alone. I'm I not against beans on toast. Uh, well, I know, but she's had, she's had punishment for hours and hours. I know. You'd done something more hefty, wouldn't you, <laughs> than beans on toast? But she, I hope she gets a whiskey, a hot whiskey. Absolutely. would be lovely. Calm the nerves, Bill. You 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 sell uh, your 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 mind the gap um, product and and services into the UK or not? Yeah, we yeah. do. Well, we try and we yeah. attempt, and and we're worried about Brexit and what's yeah. going to happen. Mm. Nobody can figure it out. And I remember because I went to drama school in uh, the UK in the seventies, and I arrived in Birmingham in the mid seventies, just after the bombings. And I got my first job there to help pay my way through college. And I was hated by some people there. I was yeah. I was isolated. Mm. I was frozen out. Now I was Because in, you were Irish. Yeah. Because I was in, I was embraced by it others. It wasn't because you were from Mathai. It might have been because I was from Mathai, <laughs> but I was embraced by others. But uh, the feeling was palpable. And I would hate to see a return to that level of mistrust. That level but it of won't. paranoia. It won't. I mean, I there, I, 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 two, two reasons why yeah. I don't think it won't. We'll open this up. One is that um, there was a lot of time, you know, that 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 the nature of society was white, whether you were mm-hmm. Irish or now it's so cosmopolitan. London. I have a son and daughter living there. I mean, like there's very few British people there uh, amongst the twelve million people. Mm-hmm. So Irish are just one small subset right, in yeah. a kind of kaleidoscope of, of of people. And the other thing is that. 
I think people realised that ordinary Irish people weren't to blame for the IRA. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I think the level of understanding... No, I think the real problem is they actually don't give a damn about us. They don't know where our border is. Mm-hmm. You saw that thing on Channel 4. Mm-hmm. They presented a map. Where is the border? <laughs> yes, people yeah, drew yeah, it across yeah, Kerry yeah, and yeah, everywhere. Yeah. This is the essential problem with Brexit is that Britain voted to take back control of its borders without actually realising where its borders were. Mm-hmm. It was very much take... It was a case of take control of our borders now, figure out where our borders are later. And the, 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 the backstop issue has been the, the most fundamental stumbling block in Brexit so far. Yes, yeah. but then all the people who were responsible for pushing that vote through, then when it came through, they all ran away. And they left Theresa May holding the dirty baby yes. water. And they're just yeah. beginning to re-emerge now because I think they feel if there's going to be European elections mm-hmm. that they're going to go for them and they're going to spoil, they're going to be all Farage-type people. Yeah. Well, so they're saying, I don't know, and they're going to kick up hell in Europe, so they say, and cause trouble all around. All right. Now, take a listen to this. Well, we just had to play that happy birthday tune because we want to talk about birthday parties and children's birthday party invites in particular. You won't believe the latest snowflake story to catch fire. It's from Australia and schools have decided to ban children handing out birthday party invitations in school to avoid those who are not invited feeling left out. So... I would have thought, uh, for someone like you, Bill, that rejection has been a fundamental part of your life (laughs) and that this is something you need to adapt to at an early stage. I remember as a kid that one of the things our mother always took pride in, because I'm one of 13 kids, as I told you before, she would throw a birthday party for all of us through school. And we had a shop on the Sorry, one collective party or one for each of you? No, we all got our own individual parties. And there'd be chocolate biscuit cake and there'd be sandwiches and everything else. And we had there was a laneway at the back of our house where you could go out and run off the steam and kick balls and all that sort of stuff. And then it was you you brought your friends. But mostly our friends were the friends from the street we lived on, Leinster Street. Mm. They weren't from other parts of the town. And so now everybody's so scattered. People aren't living in small communities and central communities. And you don't go to your local school. And you don't go to your, yeah. yeah. So that the whole thing of who gets invited and who doesn't get invited turns into a kind of a weapon. It turns into a kind of a... It it can be insidious in terms Mm of... Uh, there's a, a socio-economic divide. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of a racial divide that can creep into it. And also, people, there's a, there's a whole snobbery to who you invite to your home and who you don't invite to your home. So, not just the Australia situation, but children's birthday parties have become problematic. They've become problematic because. You know, it's either the mothers in the Chelsea chariots all mm. pulling up at the party or it's the mothers with nothing coming on the bike. and, and, mm. and but, So there is well, a, my, a, my a, point, a delicate my, my point is this, look, and, and I could see how people would be bullied and be left out yeah. and, and, and so and so. You don't get invited to any party, which is awful and insidious is a good word. Mm. But the, the point is here that, that surely rejection... And, and cliques and all of that is something you're going to have to confront throughout your life. It's and a reality. Every day, that's what you will so, discover so as an adult. Kids Some in level of preparation. Yeah. yeah. 
Yes. We're putting kids in cotton wool. Are you actually doing them a favour is my question. I, I certainly think they should stamp out and rigorously stamp out any insidious bullying or picking on people, you know what I mean? But for a birthday party invite, which is probably going to have some level of selectivity, surely it just prepares you for later life that not everyone is your friend? I would, in a cold way, agree with you. But there you're are, a softie. There are. I am a softie. You're, you're, I don't want to see children left out. I know. But, <laughs> but sometimes see, you just you have live to in leave a Disney out. world. Mary, put me right. No, on well, this. I agree with you, Ivan. Fully, I actually do. Um, uh, stamping out birthday cards and invitations to parties is just daft. There'll always be within a class little cliques, people who get on with one another, people who don't, and that's part of school life. Later on, if you like your job, you went into politics, right? I went into... You're constantly being rejected. My goodness, are you? Constantly being affirmed, which is lovely, too. So I think a little bit of it at fourth class, fifth class, whatever, is no harm at all. Yeah. And there will be plenty of it because... And in your time as a teacher, did you yes. did you find this? A, or oh, maybe I, times have changed now as a grandmother, do you find? I, it, I, it, it I noticed changed? one of my grandchildren had a birthday party recently and she was... Mum was asking her who was going and who... And she went through them. And there were quite valid reasons why she didn't want such a girl or didn't want mm. such a girl and so on. So what about it? That is life. We're not everlastingly wonderful to everybody. So you take see, your... This is the voice of experience, Bill. Yeah. Like, Mary has been in the hard school of Knox and, and she knows <laughs> these things. Peter, you, you're you uh, probably one of the snowflakes, are you? I mean, like, I'm you're, a bit of a snowflake, well, you're about 14, yeah. 20 yourself. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm 12. Right. Uh, I'm 12 years <laughs> old. I think you make a valid point that kids need to learn about rejection. But I think if I was a parent uh, with a child with a birthday party birthday party com- coming up I think it's also important to teach your child about discretion and yeah. empathy Agree with so that, yeah. it, if you are going to hand out cards and you are going to exclude someone at least be discreet about it and have you ever had bad experiences of things you wanted to go to like I just gate crashed them and blagged my way through it it's not a problem to me <laughs> but like, do you ever find that you've been upset in your childhood things you wanted to go to and weren't invited well sure yeah it happened uh, absolutely but what, what I would say as well is I'm surprised that people are still handing out paper invitations I mean these kids are probably all on Snapchat yeah, yeah. They, they're, they all know each other's business they're probably it's organising chat or something or yeah. with some WhatsApp group where WhatsApp. you're permanently excluded. Exactly, exactly. So I think it's going to be very hard to protect these kids one way or the other. The next topic we want to talk to is this UK research. It was out in relation to, it was an English longitudinal study of ageing, surveyed seven and a half thousand people over the age of 50 and asked them their experience over the past six years, had they been discriminated or unfairly treated in ordinary life because they were a bit of a crinkly in shops, in restaurants, in hospitals uh, and so on. Um, And so, uh, is society uh, more ageist, Mary? Well, I I wouldn't call it unfairly treated, but I do have a particular instance myself of what I call ageism. You're in a shop and you're getting whatever you're getting or maybe at the checkout counter nowadays if you're piled up with stuff and when all is done and you produce your credit card and then the person says, are you all right now, dear? 
Yeah. And I hate the deer. I hate it. It makes my you skin it's affectionate. crawl. You it's not it's affectionate. It's now, dear, weren't you great to be out and get all your messages and do get home safely, but won't you, That's exactly what I'd be thinking. That's what I'd be thinking. I wouldn't like you to have a prang on the way home in the car as no, you're reversing uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 uh, It's I hate that Okay, deer. you find it condescending. I find the deer condescending. I'm not her deer or yes. his deer. I'm a person with a name and if they don't know my name, they can say, Madam, that sounds equally horrible. And, but and, and do you find there's, uh, uh, as, as say over the last 20 years, there's less or more courtesy, respect for elderly people? And I'm, I'm particularly thinking of elderly women, I suppose, in terms of people giving up their seat on the dart or uh, just, can I carry that for you or mm. whatever? Or, yeah, or well, would you I, find that patronising? I live in, in, in no dart and so there's yeah. not that. But I was crossing the street the other day from the bank to the pavement. Yeah, and another very, big lodge. A, a very on, nice, yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> a, a very nice man came along and just took my arm and walked me over and walked off with himself. And you didn't find that? No, I thought he did it lovely. He right. didn't put any kind of emphasis on it or, or say, are you all right, dear, now? He just came along, took my, I know him like, and he knows yeah. me. Oh, he I took my end. arm and he left me over on the pavement. Mm. And I said, oh, that was lovely to myself. <laughs> and, and, and Peter, would you do gags about crinklies? Because I find, you know, uh, first of all, a lot of, you know, old ones that listen to my show, they actually do have a sense of humour. They actually get it. They, you know, they, 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 they first of all, are deeply insulted. And then they actually realise that I mightn't actually mean it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, the, 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 the point is, everyone these days takes offence. I attack millennials, snowflakes. There's no one out of limits. Uh, but would you find... Uh, crinkly jokes go down well or not? Um, I personally don't have any, Ivan. Uh, I, yeah, it's not something I would joke about. Sometimes I'll go out to a show doing stand-up. God, your I... show sounds really earnest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't have, I don't have any old people jokes. No, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I, that's not. That's not a subject I would tackle. Really. Yeah, but they're, they're, they're low hanging. They're low, low hanging, hanging fruit. They're low hanging yeah. fruit. Yeah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean. In like, so many you. ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, all, right. older people have, have, great, have, have great sense of humour. There's always a deep innuendo with Bill. You need, you need, you need. About Monday morning, I get some of his innuendos. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Carry no, you're on. all right. Yeah. No, I mean, if I go out to a show and I see younger people, I usually get excited because I'm thinking, okay, we're going to have the same life experience. We're going to have the same viewpoint on things. It's going to yeah. be easy. And sometimes, if I go out and they're older people, I think, oh, this could be very tough now. You know, these people Do you not find they have a good sense of humour? It depends. I did a show in Manchester about a month ago and I went out to a rugby club in Manchester and I thought, I am going to bomb. These are not my target demographic. Okay. They're older people. They were amazing crack. They're yeah. buying me shots well, of Sam's. I was just going to say, the they, do they had they drink in them? Because oh, they had I, drink in them. Anyone will start yeah. laughing because even if you're not funny, <laughs> they're feeling good about life. Yes, you know yeah, what I mean? They had drink yeah. in them and they insisted on getting drink in me that's, as well. Well, that's a result. Yeah, that's it was a result. it was a, ended up being a great gig. Right. Know? So right. my whole perception on an older so, crowd. So the reason you wouldn't do it is not because of sensitivity to older people or ageism or respect for it's just because it's it's not a market factor. I mean, I guess I'm just not ageist. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I haven't written any jokes about at the. Yeah. Of older people, oh, yeah. but, but do you not find <laughs> old people you. desperately irritating? I mean, like if you get stuck behind them in traffic, they drive very slowly. You know, n- not only that, <laughs> and like, they, 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 their whole their whole faculties go at a slower pace. Absolutely. You know, you, you I, really, well, I, like, I don't know. I don't and know. Then I, you go into nursing homes. And, re- oh Lord! Don't the reality is, you're painting ah. a picture of older people as kind of these dribbling old doddery fools. But the reality is, older people have most, if not all, of the economic power. 
Uh, older people are overrepresented in oh, politics. Oh, are they smug? Are yeah, they smug? Yeah, oh, absolutely. 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 You know? Sure, they sold out the generation below oh, the Oh, I like Peter. <laughs> I like Peter. I, I reckon this time next year, I'll be coming to the nursing home to wipe your drool. <laughs> yeah. And you'll know then. That yeah. I, I can tell you, ageism for me... As long re- as it's only the drool. The reverse <laughs> is, is true these days, because if we go out for a drink these days, uh, and I walk into a bar... And it's full of hysterical, screaming kids, as far as I'm concerned, you know. People in their 20s? 20s, early 20s. Okay. Who just are screaming about absolutely everything, about the taste of the drink and about the song that just came on. And and it's squeal, squeal, squeal. And oh my God. And and they spend their life not talking to anyone, but looking into their smartphone. And and selfie, 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 selfie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, that's when my hackles go up. So I'm the opposite. I what turn age in, are you? I is will you? be 64 this year. Well, I consider you old. Yeah, well, there well, you, you go. You're in denial But I'm it. young in my heart. I right. am well, young well, in my heart. I'm not going to be 60 in October. But I'm not I want squealy young. I'm not squealy young. No. I am, I am well, reserved sorry, are there young. Anything, <laughs> is there anything about old folk that irritates you? For practically nothing. No. No. Me too. No, I, right. I, I, lo- I, love, I love the wisdom. I love the company. Yeah. I, I, I really... Think their life experience is something Do you not find we can all learn at meals from. They eat very slowly. Yeah, but that's like I, I'm a fast eater. You know what well, I mean? Well, then that's I your too. problem. I never saw any you sound so insufferable, so Ivan. That's the problem. It's you that's wrong in this instance, <laughs> yes. not the people. I'm trying to. I'm trying I to agree with you, Bill. Yes, mm. <laughs> right. I mean, and 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 what about then the issue uh, uh, of of poorer service like uh, one of the things that can be true they talk about is just as a restaurant and they 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 are have seats by the window they'll push the the best looking people or whatever there to attract more of their i I think that's i think that's a lot of balls you think that's not true yeah i think that's not true i think think maybe that's true either no i've never seen that i've never it's first come first serve whatever it is okay and and then the other thing is is there a thing as you get older you become in that sense, boy meets girl, boy meets mm-hmm. boy, a, a bit invisible. I'm delighted that in the gay community, people have daddy complexes. Do they? Yeah. What is a daddy <laughs> complex? You know, where they like the daddy and they like the daddy bear and the papa bear and they like all that. So I've grown into a whole... I don't s- understand that. So someone could, a 20-year-old could like Not some- a 20, no, preferably sorry. not no, a 20. No, leave them out. Maybe a, a 30-year-old. Yeah. A 30-year-old, 30-year-old would like Might what? like the experience of an older man. How old? Uh, In their 60s older. even. Excuse me, look at Macron. He likes the experience of an older I know, woman. I yeah. know. And there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I there's don't know. I've had my views on... There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I know. I, look I, at Barbara Windsor. Her husband has kept her going for 30 I years. I think there's more going on with Macron. You find Macron a bit creepy, <laughs> We'll have to educate you, Ivan, about it all now. You've gone the other way around. You seem quite limited in this. It's only now you discovered that. All right. Now, the final topic we want to come to is a cracker. And that is, they did this survey. We, we keep getting handed these surveys. And it was across the UK to find out it, how much money would it take before you would abandon a friend. So they went to Scousers in Liverpool and they said 62,000 sterling, they would sever the ties. And in what we abandoned? Well, in so far as it's worth falling out over. You know what I mean? I'm never speaking to you again. This is the amount of money that's in dispute or whatever. The average was 131,000. I suppose to shop someone or or to do do whatever. Um, Peter, what's your your take on this? I, I mean, like, 
I'll do anything for five grand myself. I, I'd be inclined to agree with you. I would ask for 200 grand and then split it with the mate. Oh, I keep, right. He yeah. gets 100, I keep 100, we shake hands, we don't need to see each other again. Right, right. Also, that keeps him honest as well. He knows all your deepest and darkest secrets. So he's getting something out of it, you know. So it, it works for everybody. And his low, I mean, they're saying the Scousers are as low as 62 grand and Glasgow as high as 200 grand. I mean, do you, do you find across Britain, do you play in different uh, venues across Britain and so far as that you find different kind of approaches to life from different areas? Yeah, absolutely. I find, I like the Scottish are very Irish as you could expect. Uh, Scousers also very Irish. I'm surprised to hear the Scousers are so disloyal to their friends. Well, a tenor goes a long way in Liverpool. Yeah, that's very true. You know yeah, what I mean? 62,000 is a fortune. Yeah. Uh, to be the richest if man you're an Everton town. fan. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, Mary, what, 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 what? I think that's a very odd kind Kind of a it is actually very odd. I mean, I never had that put up to me, you know. Yeah. And I, I wonder about the research of it and why, what it all came from. I mean, how, how would you but, say? But let me put it another way to you. Like, if, if, if you were with a constituency colleague, like someone like Albert Reynolds, and it came to... The, God could rest only, the man. Yes, there could only be one minister in the constituency, and it came to backstabbing. I mean, there's a monetary interest there. There's a career interest. I mean, like, is there... Ah, is, that's an extreme end of it. You're well, talk, I know, in your case... We're talking about daily, <laughs> daily life. It was a legend. And, and is it, was it Donny Cassidy you also got rid yeah. of? You, I mean, you, you're, you, were, you were a proper hatchet person in your day. Right? Yeah, in the of, constituency, yeah. Yeah. Sort of, but uh, that's not the kind of friendship thing that you're talking about. Oh, I'm, uh, you have no I'm, friends, you're just colleagues. No, well, in, in the political life, yes. But friends in an everyday sense, a friend, I'd never say, I'll ditch you if you give me so much. Never. But of course, for you know, why? and how many, and, and, and with your life experience, how many close friends do you think well, I, I was were actually really think, close? Yeah, I was actually thinking about that coming up. And my two best friends now, at this stage of my life, sadly, a lot of my friends have passed away. But my two very best friend, women friends, are my two nieces, one in her 40s and one in her 50s. I love their company. They love my company. And we share things. We but share, they're relatives. There I are, mean, but I mean, like, I, I, I say you pick your friends and you put up with your relatives. Oh, but these are two fine women and they love me and I love them and we talk books and theatre and where we'll go and who we'll meet and what we'll do. Do you think I'd sell any of them for money? Not at all. But no, but, but I, I just, just beyond your nieces now, as you've gone through the journey yes, of life yes, yeah. and, and, and say, leaving aside the predeceased aspect to it, how many friends do you think you... I, I actually think people say, oh, I have loads of friends. Mm. I think if you have three, no, really, well, that you, was, you tell them everything. I was thinking maybe five. As high as that. Yeah. As high as that, yeah, yeah five, yeah. about that. But I wouldn't sell any of them for any money. Right. No, I, yeah. I can't figure that at all. Well, I, 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 I would, I, I would. I think I, you're actually in denial because politics... You, 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 politics I, is different. Like, you know, there's some journalists that stab their mother for a story and there's some journalists that stab their colleague to, for a promotion. As I can imagine that. that. I, th I think... But you you I think wouldn't do that. You wouldn't oh, do I, that. Oh, I made a living out of it. I think yeah. one, of the most valuable, <laughs> one of the most valuable lessons you learn in life is how to evaluate a friend, a true friend. Mm. And once you have a true friend, all the money in the world would mean absolutely nothing. And I have a handful... Because when you have to call on friends in your life and you need them, mm. that's when you understand their true value. And so my life has gone through various stages. And the big stage in the 80s, when I was coming into my professional self and everything else, my group of friends 
got AIDS and they all died. And I lost my peer oh, group of yeah. friends. Mm. So I had to reinvent myself in the 90s in terms of finding. So you have your family, you keep your family, they're there, but they're your, they're your biological family. But then you have to meet your logical family, as Armistead Mopan put it. Uh, you, you have to find your logical family. And when you find your logical family, you hold on to them dearly. And I am blessed because I was ill a few years ago, as you know. And I then had to call on those friends. And you... they were absolutely brilliant. So putting a value on stuff. There are people I would pay yeah, to go away in my life. There are people I would get rid of. Yeah. But to hold on to the friends that you've got. And uh, th- there is no price. And, and, and I say life is a series of temporary alliances. You could be very close to people and very friendly and with them. And then circumstances they, they go to the other side of the yeah, world yeah, or, or whatever. Right. But I think with genuine friends, you mightn't see them for six months, but the defining thing for a friend is within 30 seconds of, you know, meeting yeah, them yeah. for a pint or a lunch mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah. you can reconnect and mm-hmm. catch up on all the things in or their life. Or pick up all on the phone Exactly, exactly. Yes, I, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. a true sign of a friend mm-hmm. and that you'll, you'll tell them, you know, the most awful things that happen to you that you wouldn't tell, you, you know, mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do, do, how many close friends would you say? Well, I was going to say, I think uh, for my generation, something like Facebook has totally cheapened the idea of a friend. You could have a 1,500 friends, you know, so uh, to, to Bill's point, it's a about knowing who is a, indeed a true mm. friend, and well, they're how, a contact how, rather than exactly, a friend, exactly. Yeah. So who are who are your friends? You know, I I would gladly call. 90% of people on my Facebook friend list for a tenor or a pop, mm. absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and in terms... I'd call a few cousins as well, actually. Would you? Know? you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Make a few quid that yeah. way. And wait till you get in-laws. You're not married yet, are <laughs> not you? Not yet. Oh, you no. call them very cheap, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. no, no. I'd probably pay you yeah, to get rid of them, actually. I'd do the pay. You're about that. In-laws can be very good friends, too. Well, for someone who started off so well about children's invites or birthday parties, you've become all honeyed up in the last <laughs> ten minutes, <I> <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to leave it there. I enjoyed all of that. My thanks to my uh, three final furlong panellists, Mary O'Rourke, former minister, and and now mentor to Fianna Fáil candidates in Athlone and Reggae. Women. And ubiquitous on the media. Uh, Bill Hughes, who has My Tribe on a Monday and Cutting Edge on a Wednesday. For and your... Lords and Needles on every show in the world. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Yes. And more money than is good for him. And Peter Flanagan uh, from Kildare. We'll try not to hold that against him. And working in London. Thank you, one and all. And that's my lot uh, from the show uh, this week. My thanks to the entire production team. Mark Simpson, Ashling Moore, Dan Flanagan, Roisin Davis and Alex Russo. Off the ball is, of course, next. I'll be back with the hard shoulder from 4pm on Monday. Have a great weekend and thanks for listening. 